This morning I woke up and I had a blue moon in my eye. This morning, I don't know. <laughs> Josh, you know what I'm interested in, really? Tell me, men's fashion. <laughs> Welcome to the Gabagool. Well, only uh, some parts of men's fashion, right? Like, whatever Hugo Boss did, I'm into that part. Welcome to the Gabagool, as Josh and I uh, take a sidestep, take a break from the long form and into the silver screen and break down one of the greatest shows of all time, The Sopranos. I just want to say I've been saying Sopranos, but I want to start making an effort to say Sopranos. Sopranos. In any case, we've given you guys a breakdown of season one. So we met the crew, we met the family. Season two, got a whole lot of Olivia, uh, got a whole lot of uh, Richie April. The, today, we had the we had the arc of pussy. We had the pussy arc. <laughs> uh, season three uh, for the Gabagool, uh, we say goodbye to Olivia. We uh, have to deal with some trauma from Melfi. Uh, our good friend Artie Buco is going through a tough time. <laughs> going through <laughs> something. Uh, we meet the biggest dumbass in the show, Jackie Junior. Uh, yeah. We get a new villain and Ralphie. Um, and I think this is the funniest season yet. So lots of really good quotes. Uh, two of my favorites of all time for the show. So you ready to get into it? Yeah, let's get into this. Let's start with the death of one of our greatest villains or nemesis or whatever you want to call her. Olivia Soprano, Mrs. S. Oh, I wish the Lord would take me. You call <laughs> your mother every day. Oh, uh, you know, I think you're right, though, like. It, they needed to bring a couple of other characters in that we'll get to later in order to fill the the comedic void of of Livia Soprano. Like God. seriously, so good. Yes, it's it's sad to see her go, but you're right. Yeah. It is necessary for her to go for the yeah, story. Yeah, and it's a shame that they that the actress passed yeah. away and they had to do what they had to do to get by. And maybe she would have been in longer if she if the actress hadn't, you know. But, yeah, but like I said, it kind of felt yeah. right. It, it did, it did, for sure, yeah. Tony and Melfi needed to have a different kind of conversation. Like, the mom thing was kind of yeah, kind of getting overplayed a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Ralphie, who we'll get to, who's kind of the the inside nemesis, because we have it one for every season that we talked about last episode. Um, he, Ralphie, he's a big character, and he's a big He needs some room to breathe. So I think that maybe uh, with Olivia gone, it gave room for... Ralphie's arc. That's ex- that's that's who I was talking about when I was like other characters. That Ralphie is exactly who I was talking Lucky about. Ralphie. Ralphie's a cracker, man. He's a or a firecracker. Excuse me. He's yeah. He's got a. He's funny, but in, in true Ralphie fashion, we're not even ready to talk about Ralphie yet, and he's but coming he's, up like he's so yes. fucking annoying. Like that's, go away. That's Ralphie. Mm. Somebody's gonna find that guy chopped up in a trunk one day. That was one of his uh comrade says about him i know r.i.p gg man all right elvis style oh elvis style hard on the crapper okay back to live back to live uh one of the most long-lasting uh like uh, impactful characters of the show um great performance uh tony is fucked up about it which is kind of surprising yeah because he hated her. What are your thoughts on that? Well, 
Yeah, he hated her, but he also felt like a bad son. I think that's the main the main thing, you know. And you brought this up to me too, is the the Cagney thing because he's watching the Public Enemy and yeah, watching this scene where Cagney's mom is like getting her house ready for him to come home, and she's so excited, you know. If you've never seen that movie, it doesn't end so well in that case either. But uh, he never would have felt that with his mom, you know, and it's like sinking in on him in that level, too. But, um, yeah, I think that because when he's talking to Melfi, he's, you know, he gets mad at her. But then he's like, I'm glad she's dead. And then he like, like bursts out that he's like, you know, he's I'm a bad son. Like he's like he, you know, it's that they're a real they're not religious, but they are. They're Catholic. The I think that kind of sums yeah. it up. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, yeah, you take it away with that. I mean, I'm not, I don't really know Catholicism well enough to like be like, that's it. But I guess from the mob movies I've seen, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I'm not Catholic for the record. That's not what I, I sure. just, my perception of is the Catholic guilt is a real thing. And like, oh, yeah. Like confessional, that's- like being held accountable by a force in a way that's like omnipotent more so than other, like, you know western religions like it's it's oppressive <laughs> sorry we're getting in, super into it but as far as the cagney thing in livia i just the quote he says cagney says that kind of they show resonates with tony as he says i ain't so tough and it, and that, that line yeah. it kind of pans out and tony's like uh, uh it's resonating with him and then on the other side of tony feeling guilty about it is at the the wake that she didn't even want and that of course fucking janice has to like step in. The worst look... part of Livia's death is the fact that Janice returns to the plot of this fucking show. I I guess there's a little comedy with Janice in this season, but she's so necessary, but she's so fucking annoying. Yes. It's like no what you know, now that now that I think about it, like no fucking wonder Tony is in therapy. There's so many naggy ass annoying motherfuckers in this guy's life. Like so many. Jesus. Heavy lays the crown. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the two, two more things I wanted to say about Olivia's death is when Carm gets fucking real at the wake. And she's like, This woman was terrible. Why are we here? <laughs> Fuck this lady. She was mean yeah. to all of us. She didn't even want the reason she didn't want a ceremony is because she knew no one would come and or people would commiserate over how bad she was. Yeah, yeah. I think that like, that's exactly right. Furio, Chrissy, and Aid all have to be fucking loaded to even be at the Yeah, thing. and I think I think that, like, Karm is that person who's like, I guess if the rest of you want to sit here and have this, like, weird thing, but, like, for the rest of you, don't torture yourself because this bitch knew. You know, she was mean. She was mean as nails. Like, she knew what she was doing, and she knew that's why she didn't want to wait. Because yeah. she knew you'd be here, like, thinking about how terrible she was and how she treated you. You know, and yeah. there's another, that's another Artie moment, you know, a little quip for the season where he's like, he, like, you know, because he's all still kind of beefing with Tony and in discreet over the Vesuvio, you know, yeah. and, you know, Livy is the one that told him what happened, even though Tony kind of convinced him otherwise. But then he kind of finally at her wake realizes, you know, she was just terrible. Like she never did. Any, well, he says something like she never spread any cheer or something yeah. like she was always dreadful or something like it, it's just. Yeah, it's that's that's live. Um, this scenario gives me one of my favorite quotes of all time from the show. The first time I watched it, like. Yeah, you know, ten years ago or whatever. 
I still remember it. And it, it's what Tony says to Melfi. He says, you put your grief behind you. Yeah. And I don't know. I just, that's really what well-written moment. Well, I mean, and yeah, and some may say that that's what you actually have to do. I mean, this show yeah. can be therapy for a, like everybody who watches it, really. Yeah. There's lots <laughs> of life things to take from it. Like, there are. And yeah. you feel weird about it, but it's real. Yeah. What I really, I sorry, I related to a gangster. Yeah. Yeah. Oops. Well, R.I.P. Olivia, we'll miss you. Yes, we will miss you. We will miss. Let's you. lighten it up with our next topic. Oh yeah, what's up? Artie Buco is going through the shit. <laughs> My <laughs> boy is be, in it. This could be a quick one, but we can't not just like he's like. It's almost like Fucking slightly right. right. I love like, Artie like you love Furio. Like your Furio's your guy. You yeah. want to actually be friends with this gentleman? I love Artie Buco. I love him. I, I want to protect you. him. I, I want to like. Go see how he's doing. He makes me laugh so much. I love him. Basically, everything you need to know about Artie in this season is summed up with the fact that his earring comes back. That's basically <laughs> all, that's like all you need to know. But, like, I mean, Artie is, like, he's so fun, but he just, he's, like, while everything else is happening in the background of that, Artie is like having a midlife crisis, and he gets his one moment with Christopher and and Adriana where he hits on Adriana, and then he like makes an ass of himself with Chrissy. But anyway, I just love the way that's like sitting over there in the background of the restaurant, and like at the background in AIDS club, he's like dressed like he's like twenty six years old, he's like dancing with a beer in his hand with the rest of the crowd. It's just he's so goofy. I love Artie. I think I'm glad you wanted to bring it up briefly because I think it's a great example of the dynamics of the show. Yes. How it's it's so serious and it could we just talked about how it could be therapy for people and fucking and then Artie Buco is just like I love how you described that over in the back of the show like this kind of comedic relief. It's because it it's the it's the uh, suburbia part of the show, you know. Yeah, well, and th- this actually made me think of something about this season, like talking with people who have watched the show and like recommending the show. Cause a lot of people, Sopranos came out on HBO at a time when HBO was still kind of pretty exclusive. Like you, you wouldn't have really watched it when it came out unless your parents basically had cable or you were old enough to have HBO on cable. So a lot of people who are our age group may not have seen Sopranos. You know what I mean? Because it's also not, it's not on Netflix. It's not easy. It's not like syndicated either. Correct. And so, um, but one of, I find that a lot of people who start this series, they stall in season three. And I realized something today when we were talking about this, it's like season three, the sitcom flex is real hard. Like you, there are a lot of like, like, got school problems. Like I kind of thrown out during that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I like his I like his storyline of like the last quarter, but but anyway, it's like the sitcom really flexes hard because there's not as much like uh like uh gangster and like uh copper kind of back and forth in this season and and the gangster life is season. a little bit more yeah, everything's a little more mellow, but it, a lot more room for comedy. For sure. Yeah. Um the next big arc, if you will, that we're going to talk about is a touchy subject. Uh, not comedic actually at all uh unfortunately dr melfi is sexually assaulted um and 
uh, unsurprisingly and understandably incredibly traumatic for her. Um, but and watching her deal, I fucking hate that shit in movies and shows. I like. Uh, I know it's a fa- it's the absolutely fast hard. forward scenes, and there are some like movies that I would just want to even watch. Watch, but I'm just gonna say like once because I want to distinct make a very clear distinction. She was raped like violently, yes. and I just want to put that like I just. I don't want to say it much else because just thinking about that makes my like stomach turn. But like, I want it just to be clear for analysis, you know? Yeah. But what it does for Melfi is, is provide trauma. But in the uh, context of the show, um, it kind of pushes her relationship with Tony entirely in her own world. Um, she has a very vivid and um, uh, symbolic dream where Tony's a Rottweiler and, there's a vending machine choices have to be made essentially what it does is she knows if she wanted to she later finds out after going to get a bite to eat which is you know this is the effects of trauma with something like this happening she sees the guy's face a pulley of the month at a fast food restaurant that she goes to eat at it's terrible and she realizes in that moment now that she knows who he is she realizes uh, he got away with it because the cops dropped the ball the cops fucked up not you know and um she realizes when she knows who this guy is and where he is all she has to do is tell tony and tony will kill him easily but in doing that and viciously yes and in doing that her relationship with t would be completely different and compromised so watching her grapple with that trauma and that decision and her relationship with tony is and tony never knows you know he's curious and suspicious about her bruises and that she'd have to use a cane um he he at one point offers to walk her to her car and she you know she won't even cross that line she no. she won't allow herself to let him walk her to her she, she just can't and and i think for me what what really happens through through this storyline is that she she her Melfi is solidified as like a very as the probably and the most moral character, if not the only truly moral character, because she has. What are you saying? I don't have morals. That was Christopher. (laughs) Christopher, Uh, but no, she like she has an opportunity to to uh, you know persuade Tony to commit a justified act of violence and she chooses not to because she determines that it's wrong and we watch every fucking other character in this entire show do nothing but flex their their like power and do violence for greed like for self-benefit not for just justified retribution you know and yeah and i think and she won't even do that you know Great point. I, it's it. This man is like has attacked her himself. He's put his hands on her. He's professed his love for her. She shouldn't be seeing him in the first place. Gosh, no, no. She he, it puts her in therapy. But I <laughs> think like, that I think that just like Carmela in this season two also gets gets you know more and more deep in her con- conflict with with Tony and everything like that. But she also continues to state that she loves him. A lot, and I think Melfi, and she thinks he's a good man. Like she thinks that Tony is a good man with certain things that aren't good, right? Caveats, and I yeah. think Melfi, Melfi as a doctor, thinks that 
I think she's the kind of person who's like, look, this is my job. Like, if I'm not supposed, who am I supposed to be helping in the world? Like, who, who are the people I'm supposed to be helping? Like, if my therapy, if my psychiatry can help this person overcome things in their past and then maybe they give up, like, a life of violent crime or at least I minimize the effect that they have. Like, she could, Melfi alone could save 12 fucking lives. Just in the course of treating him because he used rationality over impulse in a moment. Like, that's a real thing. That's a great point. Never thought about that. I mean, I don't know. Like, I just think that's because everybody in her life, like, it's clear that her ex-husband, who she kind of resumes dating again, um, is a is a psychiatrist. Edward or something? I can't remember. He's Italian, too, and he does not like it. But... Uh, then her, then she has her own therapist, and they're kind of friends, colleagues. But he's treating her, and they very much, that you know, present. Me. You think that's well, a real? Is that real? Yes, absolutely. Colleagues I, I see have each no other. Doubt in my mind, I have no doubt that psychiatrists go to to therapy. Oh, right? oh, I don't doubt that. But like to see a colleague that knows you personally. Oh, that I don't know. But maybe what I mean that might be. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not. But. But either way, she's got all these voices telling her she yeah, shouldn't yeah, yeah. be treating him and yada, yada, yada. And that's just – I've always kind of felt that defense for her like the whole time. Yeah, I like that. Um, sad. But yeah. ramifications on the story for Mel. Melfi is another one that's kind of like so important to the show but kind of in the background. Yep. So yep. It's, it's an intense uh, side road that we take in season three. Yeah, I mean, I think she's I, again. I just want to say, I think that she is solidified as the moral character because even the priest that we, you know, have experienced in the beginning of the show is kind of skeezy. Like he's taking advantage of people. So anyway, uh, I think it's. I think that out of the horror of what happened, I think they, the writers of the show, used that arc to put her like solidly in a place that she's going to stay probably for the rest of the show. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. Move on. Yes. Yes. G L O R I A Gloria. Boo. This, week, this season's uh, love interest for Tony, outside of his marriage, uh. is uh, the crazy love, as it's referred to. Tony meets a car saleswoman. What? I just uh, as soon as you said the crazy love thing, I flashed to Tony trying to trying to say like Mufa, whatever you called it. Like he, I love when he like learns things in therapy and then tries to use them, but he like slightly fucks them up. I think that's hilarious. (laughs) What does he say? It's she. She okay. So the name of that episode is. uh, I mean, I'm not good at it either, but it's like a more fall or something like that. She pronounces it properly. It's crazy love, is what she. Calls it and he like he's like talking to her in therapy. He's like he's like you think we got the amofa whatever you call it. <laughs> and he just is, he's like mad, at, but he like there are certain other times in the show where he like learns something from her and he tries to like use it in context and he like slightly fucks it up. Can I can I take a sidestep really quick because I just can't. Oh, yes. it already it's one of my favorite it. quotes, and it just reminds me you said Tony mispronouncing things and he comes downstairs <laughs> and he goes where's Med? He goes uh. Jackie Jr. took her to the city to see Aida, and he leans <laughs> in and goes, I eat her? <laughs> yes. 
yes, like, yes, yes, yes. I eat her? I eat her? He's like so offended. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, God. Don't, don't, uh, oh, glory, glory is a short fuse. Um, there's a big metaphor with the snake. It. Uh, it's weaved into the a big episode with them. She's uh, she's snake in the grass. She's trouble. She has a, a encounter with Carmela that she purposely designs. Um, she's violent. She's volatile. They meet in the in the uh, vestibule of Melfi's office. She's another one of okay. Melfi's patients. Um, yeah, it's it's short fuse. And if you've ever been in a relationship like that, you know. It's hard, it's fast, and when it starts and when it ends, it's going to be trouble. Um, he almost fucking kills her. She's begging yeah. him. He tries to break up with her. They got to send one of the, the twins to go mm. put a gun in her stomach. Yeah, and be the like, long surviving twin. True. No, uh, that scene, though, like you just brought it up, though, like that's yeah. a great fucking scene. Like that whole spiel that he, he, like my favorite part, it might be one of my favorite lines of the whole season when he's like, it won't be cinematic. I love that because you realize that's the line that drove it home for me because I was like, what? I mean, what's the point? This is this chick is going to totally go. She's going to keep fucking around with him. There's no doubt. But then he like he says that. And I realize like he's trying to make her understand, like, I know already that you want to be killed by Tony. But it it's going to be me who does it. And it won't be cinematic. Like you it will not be dramatic get Shakespearean. It, it won't be. No. You're not gonna you're not gonna get off on it. I'm gonna no. keep you up into tiny little pieces. <laughs> Which while you is scream. fucking scary. That guy is creepy. And I love that he the, is fucking creepy. The fucking season ender, the last frame of the season is him driving off in his car, and it's like it's kind of eerie. It's like foreboding. You know, snakes reproduce spontaneously. We got a great poly moment with that. But it fucking sets up it sets up the uh then the next scene they're on a date, T and uh G-L-O-R-A, Gloria, are at the zoo in the snake exhibit. And it's just, oh, it's a pretty obvious fucking parallel, but I just think it's good. Right. Yeah. 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 I, with the capital T. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I think I get really annoyed by Gloria just because I get annoyed by Gloria, but then I also get annoyed that Tony is fucking around with Gloria. Like, what the fuck? Dude, he you should have known. I get I understand that, but like, I guess, yeah, I just don't. Have you ever had a friend that was in a short fuse relationship and you couldn't let, you couldn't get to them because they fucking loved it. They loved yeah. the problem. Yeah, I get it. Have I you get ever it, had a friend? Me? No. <laughs> I've had a, matter what I've, you say. I've had one. Uh, no, I just think that I don't. I guess I have trouble because I'm just. This is my opinion. I, I have trouble. This is not supreme analysis. I just have trouble oh, yeah, relating yeah. to that. I don't get the the sense of instability, like the like wanting to. It's to, the drama. Like, yeah. People feed off of it. I guess. I guess I know. And he tells Melfia that being with her is better than any of the Prozac or the therapy bullshit. So it's like, hey, you know. Anyway, I just think Gloria annoys me a little bit, but I, I mean, I don't know. I get it makes a point in the show. It's it's definitely entertaining, and really the story. Famous. Oh, really? I think that storyline, just because her performance is like really strong and yeah, just great, and she, great actor. Well, I mean, you think season three, and you're like, oh yeah, Gloria, and then I was like, yeah. wait, she's only in it for like. 
four or five episodes because she like actually comes it's in like pretty a lot late. longer. It does, yeah, it fucking totally yeah. does because she is like up in some shit big time. Gloria, what happens to Gloria, Joshua? I don't remember if her story is finalized in the next season. I think it's insinuated that she hung herself. When? Oh, that might be the next season. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's next season. Spoiler alert. Listen, yeah. sorry, it's not my first time watching the show. I forgot. Yeah, I that well, I mean, I tried to I tried to kind of like <laughs> we could cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to this week's nemesis. Fuck Gloria. Fuck Ralphie. I watched Fuck it. I Ralphie. stumbled upon a, an interview with the actor who plays him, and the guy was like, God, the guy was like, the the, uh, the interviewer was like, I, P- Ralphie's famous for a character people love to hate. Like, they hate him. So hated. And the actor's like, oh, well, you know, I don't know if people really hate Ralphie. And I'm like, you are Ralphie. No, everyone hates fucking Ralphie. Yes. It's, yes. And I was like, wow, they really picked the perfect guy, the most pretentious actor, to not realize that everyone fucking hates Ralphie. I mean, for sure. Like, Ralphie is so fucking annoying. He's a, he's also a smidge funny. I will give him that. Like, he no. has one of the funniest lines in the whole fucking season, and it's when he's watching Spartacus. So they didn't have high tops in ancient Rome. It's like he's so fucking pissed. He's also really fucked up on coke with a girl that he's about to fucking murder in cold fucking blood, which is basically, again, the only thing I need for me to be like, give the OX to Ralphie. Like, nah, I'm not about you, bro. Yeah. Um, that poor gal. Yeah, I know. That's that's some sad. That this season's got its tragedies too, man. It, it really, really does. affects Tony. It does big time because he he thinks of Meadow hard. Oh yeah, he can't well, he help Meadow it. Are fucking going through it still. They're not talking. They are. They are. Yeah, they are. So Ralph carries on into next season, but um, in this season he's just a pain in Tony's ass, and it's as Tony has like solidified his hold over North New Jersey, he's kind of being tested internally as a leader um because junior is kind of incapacitated i don't even know if we're gonna really talk about junior unless we have good quotes or you know junior's getting fucking always falling apart he's not really in the picture with the power struggle he's Tony's getting game. the cancer and he's yeah. taking it not so well like yeah. not he's doing okay but like mentally he's, he's sick. not doing so yeah, yeah he's sick yeah um, he's sick um so it's the tony show and this is tony's like biggest internal problem um, Johnny Sack has to get involved. Uh, New York is getting involved because Ralphie's just, just killing this girl. He's trying to become captain. He's fucking high on coke. He's disrespecting Tony time and time again. Um, and then that ties in with Jackie Jr. Um, so, yeah, it does. I mean, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, for me, I think one important point plot point is that Tony hits him. And it's like one of the few times you see like punches him. Um, yeah. It's one of the few times that you see a made guy hit another made guy. Like it doesn't happen. And that's the big deal. And that's why New York gets involved in everything. And yeah, Ralphie, Ralphie is like totally, he's just like, he's a skeezy guy, man. Like he's like that kind of guy you just, you don't trust. And like, like I know, okay, so I know we're getting ready to dump like a whole fucking truckload on Jackie Jr. 
And I know Jackie Jr. was a fuck up, but like, I I have I feel like there's this fucked up thing with with Ralphie the way he plays the Jackie Jr. shit at the end of the season when he's the guy who took him on his first fucking like gig, gave him a fucking gun, gave him these pointers, and then planted the fucking idea for the whole thing that gets Jackie Jr. in the biggest fucking shit of his life, and then tries to act like he didn't I don't play know. a part. Yeah, man, yeah, that shit it, fucking it, pisses me off. It pissed me off that um, that Tony didn't like hold him accountable. Yeah, like, well, t- I don't think that? Tony knows though. I don't think Tony fully knows. I can't. I can't remember. It's been a while since yet. I. Exactly. Yes, yeah. Tony doesn't know yet. That's what I was gonna say. So yeah, summed up. But no, uh, um, Ralphie. The other last thing I have is like that yeah. that wig, that hair piece. Woo. Yeah, because the actor's straight bald. Oh yeah, I mean Matrix. He's total dick in the Matrix. He's the fucking, he's fucking Judas in the Matrix, man. Fuck that guy. He plays that guy in everything. Fucking I think he dweet. might be that guy in real life. I think he might be. Hey, no offense, whatever your name is. I didn't take the fucking time to look it up, but we don't like you here. I'm telling you, I watched the interview and he was like, "Do and people hate Ralphie?" Needed. Yeah. <laughs> do fucking people hate Ralphie? He's like, do they? Do we? Hey, like, do we know that? Do we know that for sure? Take yeah, man. We do. Pulse. So the next annoying person on this season is fucking douchebag McGee, uh, Jackie Bucket Jr. He doesn't – so he's the son of uh, the former boss, the appeal, appeal boss. Rest in peace. May he rest in peace. Yes. Um, but the, in the second season when he's introduced, he's like this good-looking kind of suave guy. He's The dumbass thing isn't really implied as hard. Uh, yeah. Cause he's in school at like Rutgers in pre-med. But when we say he's a douchebag and he's a dumbass, like he's stupid. Stupid, like he makes, stupid. He's dumb. Like he plays all three-letter words in Scrabble, and I like die in hysteria every fucking time <laughs> at that montage. This dude, like the words are literally poo, ass, and the. Like come on, and he plays ass, and he's like, as in, how about you give me some? And this girl's laying there with the flow, man. Come on. Where's your decency? So this guy's dating Meadow. Uh, mm. He's pissing Tony off because he's break. He's breaking every fucking thing he. But Tony promised his dad that he would keep him out of the game. He would make he sure is. he finishes school. That he does everything the right way. Yep. And this guy's just breaking Tony's heart every turn. And then to get involved with his his daughter, it's not good. And Tony, I'm, like Carmela says in the show, like Tony, like you try with this boy, and like. Honestly, yeah. Tony did. Like he tried to he check did. this fucking kid at every fucking turn. Hundred percent. Uh, Jackie Jr. Uh, busts up the card game, inspired by Richie's story about, or Ralphie's story rather about, uh, Tony and April and the young men. It it in any case, it catches up with him. It's a big problem. He kills a big guy. He shoots fucking my boy Furio. Your boy Furio. My fucking Con- boy Furio. New whoa, that concern in your voice is. Dude, fuck with my Furio. I already got. I'm already dreading next season. Shut the fuck up. We are dropping spoilers on this episode. No, no, hey, hey, hey! I didn't tease anything. I don't. Nobody knows what's happening. I'm just concerned about next season. Jackie Jr. gets shot and killed. Uh, Nobody wants to take care of it because it's a touchy situation. The former boss's son. Ralphie ends up taking care of it and getting uh, 
one dude who's big in the next season. Oh, wait, he's fat. smaller in this season. Uh, fat man in invisible socks. Kills him. Mm. Can't, you can't kill a made dude. That's not the same as holding up a card game and bumping up the money to show you can handle stuff. That's f- And they're on fucking speed. Yep. Big Bad. time. And Big Christopher, time. what happens is Christopher sees him. He notices him and he recognizes yep. him. Yep. And Christopher just got made. He's trying to prove yep. himself. Well, plus uh, they kill his homeboy like in a, in a spot. They know. They got him yeah. dead to rights. Yeah. Dudes were and, so fucking cool when they <laughs> busted in. I love that. The guy that he killed was just like talking like, I don't know. I know, talking. like straight up. And Chris is like, you know who you're robbing? Do you know who you're robbing? And I know the There's guy like who gets a couple grand. Like they're not, so... they're just like hanging out. Like it's... yeah, they're just having a friendly game. Well, with I mean that's a lot of money, but like with them, that's a and they try to tell him it's a low level game. Like you got the wrong idea here. Like you got the wrong wrong idea here. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Yeah, and Jackie Jr. Though, like I'm gonna tell you the moment. Like I didn't like. I haven't liked Jackie Jr. the whole time. But the moment I turn sour on Jackie Jr. is when Meadow takes the ecstasy and she passes out and he like looks down her clothing. Like I'm like, come on, man. Like, like, come on. It's like there's just something as a person you should feel like you should get satisfaction in earning that kind of stuff. Yeah, you should get set up and earning it. And it's like when you when you do it and you don't earn it, like I'm like, I can't respect you. Can't respect you. And he disrespects no the pizza no parlor. Dude, don't be fucking. You with don't the respect the fucking pizza disrespect the pizza parlor. Don't fucking disrespect the pizza parlor. I love when Chrissy says, uh, I can't be I can't really be seeing a place like this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh I shit! Have- Chrissy's he got his button. Chrissy got made. Chrissy got fucking made. He and he gets the the gambling gig. That's gonna be he his does. piece. Yeah. Holly puts him through it. Dude, let's talk about Pine Barrens. Ooh, yes. One of the most famous moments from the show is the episode where mm. uh Polly and Chrissy go to take out the crazy fucking drunk Russian. They're owing him a bunch of money. Because Polly fucked up and fucked with a Russian when he shouldn't have. He should have just kept his fucking mouth shut and got the money and left. Sorry. Little do they know, this former Russian soldier took out 14 <laughs> Chechen soldiers single-handed in single, hand-to-hand combat. So <laughs> and happened, he used to take... be an interior decorator. <laughs> his place looked like shit. <laughs> Fucking Polly, man. Dude, that's like, that is like deadpan fucking gold. When Christopher oh, says that, that's fucking deadpan gold. His place looked like shit. It's fucking gold. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so what happens oh. throughout the whole season, series so far, Polly and Chrissy have a te- like a tense relationship. It's a big brother, little brother relationship. It They're is. always getting after each other. Polly knows how to push his buttons, but they love each other. Polly loves Christopher. But he's fucking his big brother. And what happens is they take the... They think they kill the guy. So they take him out to the Pine Barrens to bury him. The guy comes alive. They give him a shovel. Because <laughs> they, fu- they just fuck up. They do a very poor job. Mm-hmm. And the guy takes out Chris with the shovel and takes off running and they lose him. And then they get lost in the snow. 
and Polly and Christopher have to bond. They have to get. They're fearing for their lives. <laughs> they, they, my one of my favorite lines is, "You should make." <laughs> so they anyway they they get they uh, hole up in an abandoned van and they can't eat. <laughs> there's no food and they're like sleeping under carpet and it's just fucking hilarious. <laughs> one of my favorite lines from that scene where he goes, "They find like the packets of ketchup and shit," and he goes, "Mix it with the relish." <laughs> And they're trying to call Tony to like get help, and he's like, "What the fuck are you doing? What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah, and, and the service, and it's and, breaking up, and it's so funny. And Tony is in the kitchen because they're using this code language about the package. And Tony is in the kitchen, and he's just told him like, "I shot him. I shot him in the head. I swear to God, Tony, I saw it with my own eyes." And Tony's like, "Is there any way the package could survive?" And it and, and they can't hear him and Tony's yelling it over and over in the kitchen and then they like pan out to AJ's face. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any way the package could survive? Oh Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> Is it just oh, God. Tony's accent thicker in this season? Oh, it's something, dude. Gandolfini is like a fucking. He's like a fucking hurricane in this season. Like his face is like killing it. He's like sly, <laughs> slick. He's fucking everything, dude. Um, great, <sighs> famous episode. Yes. Um, we also get to be Bobby, or we get we don't. We've already met Bobby, but Bobby gets a little more playtime going on. Bobby's getting better. He's or he's getting more involved. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. So that's exciting. We meet his dad, who's got cancer. So that's a kind of a Godfather crossover. In an episode, he's got lung cancer from smoking. And he's just coughing up blood twenty four seven, and they need a discreet way to take take care of a problem. These two guys who are, uh, what did they do? They killed somebody, right? They weren't supposed to. Yeah, they they killed one of. I think his name is Vito, by the way, the guy who killed Jackie Junior that we were talking about. Is yeah, it Vito. Yeah, yeah. So. They killed Vito's nephew who worked at the construction crew that was talking to the chick because yeah. he and the dude were fighting. Yeah, sorry. So these guys need to get taken care of. They need to do it in a discreet way. So yeah. for some reason, they've, they've, I think Tony okays it, but they, this guy's got one more mission left in him. So he wants to kill these guys. It's fucking kind of hard to watch. Anyway, the guy ends up like having a heart attack pretty much and dying after it and crashing his car. Um, but the reason I bring it up is because the guy's also in The Godfather. So, the actor. Yeah, for cool sure. And it, yeah, and that's a great. I love that. I love that storyline. Like, die with your boots on, man. It's very Doc, Doc Holiday. Yeah. Oh, what up? Uh, one of my favorite quotes. I love when I I was just kind of flipping through the last episode before we got on. Um, just to, you know, jog the memory, stay fresh. And I love. There's so many like things that I quotes and stuff from the show that I just bring up in day to day life. Um, like boxes of ZD for thousands of dollars. And things like that. <laughs> but the other one is when uh, Carm's dad is talking at the table. He goes, my mother didn't know what anything about balsamic. That's all people have these days. Balsamic, balsamic, balsamic. I fucking make her laugh so hard every time. <laughs> uh, speaking of the ZD, uh, I love uh, when Tony's got his little notepad with his Christmas list that's got transfer the cannolis and that's like launder the money. <laughs> he drops the money off with the Russian guy and he like crosses it <laughs> off. Transfer the cannolis. 
<laughs> the food money references. Get back to survive. <laughs> oh god. Uh, oh. I really love the. I really can't be seeing a place like this anymore from Christopher, but he thinks he's hot shit. It's a great line. Uh, back to Bobby though. One of my is when uh, Bobby's coming in. And he's and Junior's like, well, you've been gone a long time. He's like, how many White Castles do you have? He's like, I did. I can smell it on you. I can smell it on you. Oh, Bob, Bobby is like, Bobby is such a like, he, I don't know. I love Bobby. He gets his revenge. Oh, favorite quote of the whole fucking season. So many. Pauly and Tony sitting at the table and they're talking about getting what they're getting their Gumars for Christmas. And Tony tells his that his that tells Polly that his Gumar went to Morocco, and Polly goes, "What did she go to Morocco? What is she? Bada Bing Crosby?" <laughs> yes, that could be my favorite quote of the whole I fucking just, show, like, dude. I'm so glad you remembered to bring that up because I just watched <laughs> it and I forgot to write it down. It's just like a deep cut reference because so Bob Hope and Bing Crosby used they had these series of movies where they like traveled around the world together and it's like this sticky thing. <laughs> Only someone that old or me, I guess, would would know what that is. God, what is he fucking? Oh, it's so funny. Bada Bing Crosby. Bada Bing Crosby. So oh. good. Well, um, what else you got for season three, bud? I got one more. Um, it's my favorite. It's my. I got two. Actually, I got two more. I got a favorite Carmela quote, and I got a favorite Tony quote, and they're both centered around food. And the first one is the Carmela quote, and it's when Janice is insisting on cooking duck for Christmas Day, and Tony's and and Carmela's telling Tony, and she says, you know, Janice is insisting on cooking for Christmas, and Tony's like, which meal? And Carmela goes, Christmas Day. You think I'd turn her loose on shellfish? <laughs> I'm like, but dude, Carmela's got the burns, dude. She's got them. And then my favorite Tony quote is he goes into the Bing and he like walks over to the mini fridge and he opens up the door. He's like, son of a bitch. I was dreaming about that low mate all the way here. We came in here and ate my fucking low mate. And then he kicks the fucking door off of the refrigerator. He takes it off the fridge. He is so passionate about that fucking low mate, dude. Well, I love that because, oh. like, we've all been there where we're not upset about the thing we're upset about because <laughs> we're having a bad day. <laughs> but this guy's a gangster and it's cold Chinese food. And Polly's just sitting there, and Polly like shrugs his shoulder, like I swear to God, I have no fucking idea, boss. <laughs> oh, sorry, boss. Um, I love. I just thought of this other one when uh, he comes home late from something, and she's like, "It would have been hot, but you're late. The dinner's cold because you're late." And he goes, "That's what the microwave's for. Inconsiderate husbands." <laughs> it's great. Good stuff. Oh, oh. Yeah, this, and this is a good scene. It's, it does have a lot of comedy, but it does it does have some real shitty, like, tragic moments. Like, no shit. Like, some heavy, heavy shit that's hard to watch. But for the most part, this one is one of those ones that, like I said, I feel like the sitcom thing, like, flexes a little more. You get the ups and downs like you would in that, like, family-centric kind of a, of a show. For sure. I love this season. Oh, me too. Me too. I, I absolutely. Fans, I think it's a fan, a true fan's favorite. Like, I, 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 it, it makes sense that some people would lose it a little on this season, but like, oh, the what last thing 
is the I sent a video to you when Furio and uh, Tony are going to find a are going to find Junior's doctor, and they like come hot around the corner and I uh they're hunting him down on the golf course to bribe him and intimidate him and give him a new driver. Yep. And Tony and Furio come around the corner driving so fast on the golf cart and Tony points out like he's on a boat, points out with the golf club, uh that oh there he is. And Furio like zones in on the steering wheel. And, like, <laughs> Dude, I dude, every so time, every dude, every time fucking Tony needs to roll deep, he's got Furio with him. Every fucking time he needs to roll deep, and I'm always just like, "That's me and Chase rolling down." We anytime we gotta take care of some. That's not that I'm Tony or anything, but it's like that's me right. and Chase right there. We're gonna go take care of some fucking business. Um, and I love the Christmas scene when he and Tony or Furio and Tony are wasted in the backseat of the car, and they're like, <laughs> they're fighting, and they're like, "You are designated driver." And he goes, and Tony's like, Jesus, the designated driver, you. It's like, they're just buddies, like, drunk on Christmas. Yep. So good. Yep, right before they kick Janice's Russian's ass. That's a funny part, too. That Because Janice starts crying when she sees it on the news that, that the Russian got beat up. And she's like, oh, we need to work in the... Because, wait, hold on, real quick. Janice has a Christian music career. Oh, in this yeah. Season, and she, she realizes... That what's missing from the song after seeing that Tony beat up the guy who assaulted her is the brother element. He's not heavy. <laughs> <laughs> I love she uh, she drops the demo off at the the uh, one of the couple funerals we have this season at the head of the guy the head of the funeral home yep. and she's like Tommy Matola's looking at it. It <laughs> 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 just walks out like she's hot shit. <laughs> I gotta love Janice's confidence, though. I'm not even joking. Like she, I she really doesn't have a lot of confidence on her chest. Oh god, Janice, Janice, Janice. Mm. Oh, season three, that was fun. Season three, I got one question for you yeah. before we go. Yeah, have you heard the good news? <laughs> he is risen. Janice is the worst tasted man. Janice is the fucking worst. She's Janice the fucking so worst. bad. I fucking hate her. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Fuck Janice. I, I had to. We got held up this this week. Jay, are you okay? You got stuck in a snowstorm. You couldn't oh, watch. I'm doing For a couple days, rather. The heat's back on. I'm fucking killing it now. Let's do this thing. Stay safe out in Oregon. Uh, and thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye bye.